Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. So, has anybody ever seen the show, heard of the show Alone? Has anybody heard of that show? So, if you haven't, it's, it's a reality TV show, but the basis of it is they take 10 people, they're only allowed to have 10 items, they drop them out in the middle of nowhere, separated, so they're obviously alone, and the goal is to see, to be the last one to survive, the last one to stay out there, not to quit. And the, the newest one was, if you're the last one standing, you get a million dollars. And the longest they've gone so far is one person went 100 days alone. So obviously, as you can imagine, there's tons of challenges to obviously being out there alone with only 10 items and having to survive. But one of the biggest things that they struggle with sometimes is fire, making the fire, because, I mean, the fire is really important, obviously, because oftentimes on these shows, it's always in cold areas where it's going to get just ridiculously cold. So the fire, they need the fire to keep warm. They need it to cook their food. They need it to purify their water. They need, you know, sometimes protection from the wildlife. And the list can go on and on. But the bottom line, whenever you go camping, at least for me, the most important thing is that campfire. That's usually the first thing I'm going. But I might be a little bit of a pyro, but don't worry about that. But this brings me to the title of my message is Tend the Fire. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for this opportunity to come together and just help us to be open-minded. Help me to be open-minded, God, to speak whatever it is you've put on my heart to speak. Just help me to become, become out clear and just help us to be able to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So just like on the show alone, the contestants and how vital the important or how vital a fire is to their survival, it's even more important for us to have the fire of God inside of us. Deuteronomy 4.24 For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, Amen. even a jealous God. The holiness of God is why God is a consuming fire. For it burns up anything and everything that is unholy. When you're on fire for God, it means you are consumed with the things of God. Your entire life revolves around God. Second Chronicles 7 and 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of God filled the house. Everywhere in the Bible where somebody had made an acceptable sacrifice, it was always followed by the, the fire of God. It would fall down and consume it. Matthew 3:11. Now this is John the Baptist speaking to his followers. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. On the day of Pentecost when John mentions fire, he is saying that they will receive the glory 
and the passion and desires of God that we will hunger for him more. So have, how many of y'all have heard of the term controlled burn? So you'll hear that a lot when you're in state parks, wildlife areas, just big open areas of just, just land. And you'll see them sometimes too when you're driving through the state parks and sometimes you know out here by Fort Jack, and you'll see these huge just fires going. And I know before I knew what was going on, I'm like, what in the world is that? Is somebody taking care of that? Do I need to be worried? But oftentimes that's where they're doing these controlled burns. It's where these teams of people will go in, they get hired to go through the, in there, and they intentionally set the land on fire. They're walking alongside it, constantly directing where it goes, making sure it's burning what it needs to and it's not getting out of control. Now this is actually beneficial for the forest because what it's doing is it's ridding the forest of all the dead leaves, tree limbs, and other debris and it can also, it also reduces insect populations and destroys invasive plants. The fire can be rejuvenating, returning the nutrients to the soil in the ashes of vegetation that otherwise could have taken years to decompose. Once all of it is burned up and cleared, it now offers space for new growth. Whenever we get the fire of God inside us, the same thing starts to happen in our lives. The scripture we had read, Deuteronomy 4 and 24, that said that God is a consuming fire. When you're filled with the fire of God, he will begin to burn off whatever it is that is hindering your spirit. Matthew 7, 19. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruits is hewn down and cast into the fire. I know normally that when we talk about this scripture, we're talking about the tree or us producing good fruit. But it came to me while I was preparing this message that God will consume all of the bad fruit, all of the unholy things that we have allowed to hang on our branches, if we allow him to. Those things that used to interest us, burn away. Those places that we used to go, burn away. Those people that we used to call friends, burn away. The music we listen, used to listen to, burn away. The TV shows, those burn away. He wants to consume all the things, everything that is not adding value to your spiritual growth. I remember when I caught the fire of God, it, it immediately began to consume some of the things in my life. And it wasn't just my life. My wife had caught it too. We had just repented of our sins for the first time at a family camp back in 2010. On the way home, we had a, we had a conversation about our encounter with God. Both of us had heard from God that, that day. Not only did we both hear from God, but we had heard the exact same thing. He had told both of us that we needed to get rid of worldly and secular music. We were amazed at how he had spoken the exact same thing to each of us. 
Now let me tell you, I did have a nice collection of CDs. Lord only knows how much money I had put in that collection. How many of y'all remember the big old binders? You're like, I got the 1,000 one, you know, stuff like that. I also had the, the old iPods. I think I had that thing maxed out. It was like 40,000 songs. Like, it was, it was crazy. And I used to carry that binder with me everywhere. You know, I had that CD player in the house, take it to the car, go over to a friend's house. Everywhere I went, I had it. But God told me to get rid of them. So that's what I did. Funny thing is that neither Julian or myself had a hard time doing it. Music had been a spiritual stronghold on Julianne, and God immediately broke it. As for myself, I used to just listen to music to listen to music, but immediately I started paying attention to the lyrics, to the message it's portraying. Anytime I found a new band, I was researching the, the artists, interviews, stuff like that, trying to make sure that they were 100% lining up with God, and if they didn't, I didn't give it a second thought. But that was just the beginning. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The fire of God began to consume our thoughts, the way we talked, the shows that we watched. The shows that we used to watch, it didn't entertain us anymore. Some of the things that we had enjoyed doing, the places we had enjoyed going, started to lose their appeal. God sometimes will leave it up to us to lay down certain, lay down certain things, but he's also known for changing our desires. So some things he's like, well, you need to lay that down, but some things he'll change our taste, our desires, to where we don't even want it anymore. If you're struggling with something that God is telling you to lay down, ask God to change the way you feel about that thing. I've heard testimonies where people are delivered from cigarettes because their prayer was to make them disgusting to them. Same thing with alcohol. People were praying for their alcoholic family members, not for them to give it up, but for them to change their desire for it. When they drank it, they didn't have the same feelings. They may have started getting sick. It may have not have tasted the same. It wasn't as appealing. Fire is also a means of protection. On the show alone, the contestants would often build a fire as a way to protect them from some of the animals, like the bears or wolves or stuff like that. You know in the movies where they're all out in the middle of the woods and they got, they got the fire going. It's like pitch black everywhere. And they look around and all they see is these little eyes of the wolves and stuff like that. But the wolves aren't coming close to them because there's a fire. But the second you get that one guy that leaves, he didn't come back. As long as the people stayed next to the fire, they were safe. The fire of God will protect you. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8 that the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he, he may devour. Just like the wolves, the devil likes to hide in the darkness, waiting for the right time to attack you. 
waiting for you to step away. But when you have the fire of God, it'll start to reveal those areas in your life Amen. where the devil is hiding. The bigger the fire, the further away it pushes the devil back because the devil's not coming to the light. Amen. Going back to the show, oftentimes when they would venture off somewhere to look for food or explore or whatever it is, they would build this big fire so that way whenever they walked away, if they turned around, got lost or whatever it is, they can just look. If it was during the day, I can see the smoke. Okay, I need to go that way. At night, they can see the flames. And then when they did see it, they knew what direction they needed to go. They knew which way was protection, which way was home. It was pretty much home at that point for them. So Exodus 13, 20. Now Moses and Aaron are leading the Israelites. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham at the, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead, to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And he took not the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now God's light, God's fire will lead your way. He's faithful. It said it right there in 22 that he took not the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire. He's not going to take it away. He wants us to make heaven our home. So if we have the fire we know where to go. We know where to turn to. Sometimes we may feel lost, or we may, may feel like we won't make it. But the awesome thing is, we don't live by how we feel. We live off the truth. And the truth is, that all you have to do is, and it says it in Matthew 7, 7, is seek ye first, or seek and ye shall find. If you're lost, look for the smoke. Look for the light. And when you see the smoke or light, you'll find him there. Jeez. That no, no matter how far you feel like you're away from God and that you might not be able to make it back, if you just look for the fire of God, look for that light, look for that smoke, He's there. That's him. You're not going to find either one of those and not find him. Now, whenever you go camping and you light your campfire, do you just light it and just walk away, leave it, don't worry about it, like it's fine? No. <laughs> You've got to tend to your fire. It takes effort to keep a fire going. You're constantly, constantly adding wood to it. You must be intentional with the fire. Or you run the risk of letting your fire go out. Paul reminds us in Timothy, 
2 Timothy 1.6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift of God. Spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul is telling Timothy, in order to keep the fire going, you have to be constantly adding fuel and fanning the flame. So whenever I go camping, it doesn't matter what else I'm doing. It seems like I am always grabbing some sticks or something to burn. I'll go off to the bathroom, come back, grab some sticks. I'll go to explore, let me grab some sticks. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, walk to the truck real quick, let me grab some sticks. I am always looking for fuel to add to the fire. And in the same sense, we need to be constantly looking for ways to add fuel to our spiritual fire. So here's a few ways we can do that. When you fall in love, when you fall in love with the Word of God, Luke chapter 4, verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us when we talked, when he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? When we allow the word of God to change us, we, we'll fall in love with it. Amen. Acts 10 and 44. While Peter spake these, yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. They didn't just hear the word. They were like, tell me more. They wanted to know more. It wasn't like, oh, that's great. See you later. No, they wanted to, to know more. They wanted to dig deeper. They didn't let it go in one ear and out the other. Their hearts were burning as the word went forth. They were receiving the word. The word and the fire fell on them. Jeremiah 23 and 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord? And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. I really like the way the Amplified Version puts it. It goes, Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks the most stubborn rock in pieces. God is asking, Do you not believe that my fire can consume everything? Do you, th do you think I'm not powerful enough? Do you think there's something out there that can withstand the fire of God? There's nothing, nothing that can withstand my fire. When we spend time in the Word of God, the fire of God will start to grow inside of us. There are three things that you need to make a fire. You need fuel, you need oxygen, and you need heat. Prayer. Prayer is the oxygen you use to stoke the flames. Spending time in prayer is spending time with God. They're not separated. And the presence of God is the air that our souls need to be on fire. 
So Oswald Chambers, he was a early 20th century evangelist. He put it this way. Prayer is the vital breath of the Christians. Not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. When you pray, you are breathing. You are taking in the vital element that gives life to your soul. You can add fuel to the fire every time you have an encounter with God. Every time you spend time in prayer, you're throwing wood on the fire. Every time you're reading the Bible, you're throwing the wood on the fire. Every time you're at church, throwing wood on the fire. Every time you're fellowshipping with other believers, you're throwing wood on the fire. We spend hours every day encountering other things in our life. Social media, Starbucks, <laughs> Netflix. These things don't add any fuel to your fire. They're actually robbing you of encounters with God. When you come to the house of God, take full advantage of every altar call that you can. More than that, create an altar in your house, in your bedroom, in your office, in your car. Carry it around with you. Throw it in your backpack. Again, we see in Scripture that the fire of God is present in every acceptable sacrifice that was made. If God is saying, let that friend go, let that boyfriend go, let that girlfriend go, let that hobby go that's taking up all your time and money, let that job go that's keeping you from being in church Wednesdays and Sundays. He wants, to, he wants to consume all of the things that are not adding value and fuel to your relationship with him. Maybe you don't know what to offer him. But everybody has something they can offer God. He wants all of you. You provide the sacrifice, and he'll provide the fire. Some of you had a fire, but when someone you started hanging out with quenched it. People who don't have the fire despise the ones that do. Especially if they used to have it and they themselves lost it. The world does not want you to have the fire. The world wants the darkness to come so that way the wolves, the devil, can have you. Only get around the, or try to stay around those individuals that can only fuel your fire. You got to realize that it's not enough for Pastor Hubert to stay on fire, or for your spouse to be on fire, or for your children to be on fire, or even friends that you have this, that are on fire. We must stay on fire ourselves. Remember the foolish virgin, virgins? They thought they would rely on others for their oil. 
because they knew the oil was going to cost them something. But we know the story. Their lamps ran out of oil and their fire died. And they missed the bridegroom. We must keep our fire burning no matter what the cost. We cannot afford for that fire to go out. We cannot afford to miss the bridegroom. Amen. We have to always be ready. Right. Maybe you've had a fire and you left it unattended. You know how when you go camping, you go to bed and wake up in the morning, your fire's out? It's just sitting there, it's just ashes. Well, I've got good news for you. Because anybody that goes camping knows this. You get up, the fire is actually still burning. It's hidden underneath the ashes. All you need to do is stir up the ashes, add a little wood, fan it, and the flames will get going again. Let's go ahead and stand. If you're here tonight and you feel like your fire has gone out, if you feel like you left it unattended for far too long, I'm here to tell you that it's still there. The fire is in the ashes. You just need to stir up the ashes on the altar and once you get to that altar and you stir up those ashes and you find those hot embers underneath, just begin to lay the fuel on it. Amen. Lay down those sacrifices. Lay down the Facebook. Lay down the Netflix. Lay down that boyfriend that's keeping you out of church. Lay down that girlfriend that's keeping you out of church. Lay down the sporting events. Lay down the cookouts that always seem to happen on Sundays. Lay down the drugs. Lay down the alcohol. But you can't stop there. After you lay it down on the altar, whatever it is that is not fanning the fire of God, begin to pray over it. The oxygen from your breath will start to fan the flames back to life again. And then the fire of God will start to grow again. Amen. Let's not miss out on any moment that we have to tend to our fire. If your fire's gone out, or if you feel like your fire is dying, do not leave this place tonight without making sure the fire of God in your life is burning as bright and as hot as it can. Amen. Just like with camping, fire of God is no different. The fire of God is key to our survival. Without it, we can't make it. Right. Without it, we're going to be in the dark. Right. And the light is what keeps the devil away. The light is what keeps the wolves away. We must have that fire as bright as we can. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your fire. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, 
or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit AphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 